Do you have a message worth sharing? No, I'm serious. You know, sometimes we just assume everybody should write a book. Everybody should write a song. Everybody should be on stage speaking. Well, I'm not sure that's true. Are there situations where somebody serves well by just keeping their head down, doing honorable work, and staying out of the limelight? I think there are. I'm going to ask some challenging questions of my guest today, and we're going to unpack this idea. Does everybody have a message worth sharing? Stay with us on this edition of 48 Days Online Radio. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, it's no secret. They say 81% of people say they have a book in them. I don't think so. I think there are a lot of books out there where we should have saved the trees. I mean, just because somebody has an opinion, I'm not sure that it merits having a book or trying to convince other people. And sometimes what we think or believe does not need to be shared in a book. Now, I say this as an author. I mean, I have been blessed with the things that have happened with books. I love that arena. I think sometimes what we think or believe does not need to be shared with anyone. Now we're in a society that seems to think there doesn't need to be any filter between our brain and our mouth. I don't think that serves anyone well. You know, years ago, my sisters discovered the thing called assertiveness training. Others years ago, that was kind of pop psychology then where the, the philosophy was that you need to just get everything out, every kind of anger, hurt, mistreatment. You need to just spew it out against the person who wronged you. They said some things to my parents that caused irreparable damage that was never completely healed, changed the relationships. I don't think it served anyone well. I'm going to have a conversation today with Jonathan, Jonathan Milligan, who has a new book titled Your Message Matters. I'm going to ask him some hard questions about these issues. You know, there's an old Quaker saying, let your life speak. And in their simple way of life, the Quakers felt it was more important to live out their faith than to preach it. I was raised in the Amish Mennonite society. We had a lot of connection with the Quakers and much the same kind of philosophy. Let your life speak conveys that premise I mean, there's an old story about Quaker relief workers in Europe after World War II. After receiving help from the relief workers, a refugee asked the Quakers what they believed. Well, when a few of the Quakers explained about their spiritual belief, the woman broke out in a big smile and said, you Quakers ought to preach what you practice. Now, that's obviously the exact reverse of what we normally think. You got to practice what you preach. People are preaching without really practicing on their own sometimes. Another quotation comes from Francis of Assisi, who said, preach the gospel at all times. If necessary, use words. But I often look at what do your actions in your daily life say about your beliefs? I don't want to just hear you talking. I don't want to just read your words or hear your music. I want to watch your life. Are your highest values and ideals guiding everything you do? Now, in this book conversation today, I'm going to be asking Jonathan 
questions like this. Does everyone really have some kind of special gift? Is there really room for everyone to have a unique message that is worthy of sharing? What are some ways people can share their message? And tell us a couple effective ways to connect with an audience who cares about our message. And then we also go into, and this is kind of one of the focus of his books, do you think everyone is capable of turning their unique message into a profitable business? So I pulled a quotation from the book that we're discussing here. So this is Jonathan Milligan and Your Message Matters. He says, the goal is not to become famous. The goal is to steward your gift, to make a difference in the world, to do what you were born to do. Now, the book we're referring to, you can actually get a free copy, just pay for shipping. It's, I think, $7.95 you pay for shipping, but you get the book and a whole bunch of bonuses if you go to yourmessagemattersbook.com. I'll give you the link to that and a little more information about it at the end of our conversation. But this is Your Message Matters, and here's my conversation with Jonathan. Well, Jonathan, in your book, your message matters. You talk about everybody having a dream. Now, this is right up my sweet spot, as you know, but do you really think that everybody has some kind of special gift? I do. I believe it's factory installed. Now, that doesn't mean that we immediately are 100% perfection at that thing we do. We still need to nurture the gifts we've been given. It's our responsibility to to grow the things that we're inclined to. But yes, I absolutely believe that that is true. And I think what happened for me for a long time, for several years, even into my adulthood, is I kept trying to find my thing out there somewhere. And it wasn't until I realized that I needed to look within and do some introspection that I started to realize, you know what, I do have value to give. I do have a, a gift to offer the world. I need to nurture it and start using it. Okay. All right. Well, I love the way you frame that. Now we have a lot of people in the world. There's a whole lot of individuals out there. Is there really room for everyone to have a unique message that is worthy of sharing? Yes. Now for me, uh, as a, a Christian, I just believe fundamentally that every person has value. Every person is a part of, has a part of a story, but part of a bigger story too. And we've been placed here for a purpose, for a reason. We've been placed in a certain geographical location. We've been uh, placed here at, at the uh, right generation in human history to do the thing that we were meant to do. And I think that's when you begin to become fully alive, when you realize that you have something to offer people and you should find out what that is and start serving the world with that thing. And that's how you can make the world a better place. Wow. So there's no, we're not here accidentally. You define we're here at the right time, the right place. We have the right gifts. That's all um, pre-installed, factory installed as you described it. Well, in order for someone to define their message, you recommend that they answer three primary questions. Help us out a little bit. What are those questions to help somebody know what their message is? So years ago when I started uh, blogging Your Passion, which is a, a second blog, uh, my first one was on career coaching for accounting professionals. And once I brought that to full-time income, I started, people started asking me, well, how could I take something I'm passionate about and start something online. And so I started working with people and I kept just trying to get, how can I get more clear and more defined 
on helping people build or package a powerful message. Cause it's, it's not just, you know, I'm passionate about pizza. So I'm going to talk about pizza and I'm going to make money with that. It's, you got to have three core elements. And what I talk about in the book is I liken it to fire. There needs to be three elements for fire. There's got to be heat. There's got to be oxygen. There has to be fuel. It's the same with building a powerful message. You need to have purpose, people, and passion. Now, purpose is kind of what we've been talking about. It's, I believe, purpose is not out there in a thing. It's not in a title. It's not in a job. It's not in a, if I work for so-and-so company, that's my purpose in life. No, your purpose is something that never changes. It's how you were made. It's your unique ability. It's that thing that you have, that worldview, that perspective that you bring to the world. And so we need to start there with that thing. Once you move on from there, it's people. Okay, now that I know my unique ability, whatever that might be, who am I going to serve? I can't serve everybody. I've got to narrow that down and focus in on choosing a group of people that I want to become known for, that I want to help. And then finally, it's passion. Now, passion is often this very misunderstood word. And it's uh, something that we put a lot of pressure, like passion should not equal pressure. It's not, I got to find that passion in life. The way that I like to define it is what problem are you passionate about solving for the next two to five years? Let's start there and let's decide that we're going to find a problem in the world from the people we want to serve that we're going to help solve. Because Dan, I know you know this and you've taught this for years, but you know, a successful business, they, they solve problems. And so you need to have all three of those purpose, people, passion. And when you have all three, you ignite a powerful message. Okay. Now in framing it as you have there and in the book, you talk about knowing what your gift is, is not necessarily just to become rich and famous. Sometimes we imply if you really know your passion, you're going to need a wheelbarrow to carry all the money to the (laughs) bank. You talk about this idea of stewarding that well. And there are ways that people can steward their gift well in a meaningful, worthy way that may not make them rich and famous. Talk about that a little bit. The opportunities you, you've mentioned now, you've alluded to the idea of creating own, own, your own business. But even if somebody doesn't do that, how can they still be a steward of that unique gift that they have? So I first discovered this uh, just observing a good friend of mine. So there, I have a good friend. He uh, pastors a church in Michigan. It's a small town, small college town. And he has been there maybe over 15 years now. I don't know that the church has gotten any larger than 200, 300 people, but that doesn't mean he's not a success. And he, he you know, the people who have churches that run 15,000 as a pastor could sometimes be in the Christian world, you know, glorified. Look how successful they are. Well, is my friend just as successful? I mean, he's well-liked in the community. He's known to a lot of people. He's been serving people in that community. And the answer is absolutely yes, he has. And so we need to stop judging people based on size of business or size of an email list or size of success. The truth is we just need to steward our gifts. And uh, several years ago, my wife, she's a creative type. She went and got a, a piece of wood 
she put black chalk paint on it. And then she took chalk and she wrote, steward your gift, trust God for the results. And I can't tell you, Dan, how much that settled me into, you know, my responsibility is just to show up and serve day in, day out, one person at a time. It's not about thousands at a time. It's about helping one person at a time. And when you do that, it, it settles you. You stop comparing yourself and you just settle into waking up every day and deciding, I'm just going to serve and I'm going to help. And when you do that, it's, you kind of remove yourself from that, that desire to be in the spotlight, in the limelight. And, uh, you know, that's been my journey. I mean, my journey personally, and Dan, you've known me for a while, but, you know, I've been doing this full time since 2011, but I'm still not very well known as compared to others in my space, but yet I'm quietly going about earning a living, loving spending time with my family, have all the flexibility in the world. And yet I'm not out there, you know, in the limelight, so to speak. <laughs> and, and, um, but I'm, and there's, there's, the point is I could tell you hundreds of other people who are just quietly going about their business uh, making a difference that are just not as well known. And so I just want that to be an encouragement to people because it could be a discouragement if you feel like I'm not where I want to be. I wish I was further along. We start comparing ourselves and just settle in and steward your gift. It will, it'll help you to get back to focus on what you do on a day-to-day basis. Well, I love the reminder of that, that there are a lot of people who are quietly successful Again, we tend to attach quantifiers to success so quickly, but sometimes being a success is to steward that gift well as a daddy, as a husband, as a neighbor, community member, and there are people who are doing that extremely well. One of the terms that you use that intrigued me is this idea of having a unique influencer voice. And I know that varies from person to person, but in your book, you have a 32-question assessment called the Influencer Voice Assessment. What is that and what is somebody going to discover when they go through that 32-question assessment? So five years ago, I was challenged by another friend of mine. He said, Jonathan, you need to do an in-person event. You know, all your stuff's online. You need to do an in-person event. So he convinced me. I decided to do a weekend workshop. I was going to limit it to about 15 people. It was going to be like $5,000 for people to attend. And so I was, for a weekend, spent two whole days helping people with their businesses. And what I discovered during that time was something that I I left with this concept, like talking with them. My background came from originally blogging and writing and I had done some courses, but the people in the room were like, well, I don't blog, but I love to speak. And I'm not really a speaker, but I do like to, to teach or I love coaching people one-on-one. And I walked away going, why isn't there an assessment of some kind? There's so many personality tests out there and I've taken them all and they're all helpful, but why isn't there one for us messengers, for us influencers that helps us to kind of uncover what our core motivations are, not necessarily competency, because I believe you can develop all four of these that I'm about to mention, but our fastest path to impact and income is by leaning into that primary influencer voice that we have. And so what I discovered was that there's four writer, teacher, 
speaker and coach. So writer, writer, uh, blogging is a great outlet for a writer. Uh, I would also say writing books is a great outlet for a writer. Let's take speaker, obviously getting out on stages, speaking, virtual speaking, webinars can be great. Uh, Doing live streaming can be great for a speaker, things like that. Let's take teacher. So for a teacher, uh, online courses are great. A membership site where every month you're teaching somebody. If you have a heart of a teacher, I think membership sites is fantastic. And then uh, the last one's coach. So if you're a coach, you know, you're really good at asking great questions. Uh, Sometimes that could be one-on-one or in a group coaching or even a mastermind environment. And so what I did is I, I, I walked away from that, that event. And I decided to create the assessment and we gave it, we retooled it, retooled it, retooled it. And so five years later, I decided when I wrote this book, I want the complete assessment in the book. And so again, what it does is it helps you to uncover where your motivations lie, not necessarily your competency. So if a writer comes out on top, it doesn't mean, oh, I must be a great writer. It means I have a deep motivation to write and that's where I need to start. I don't need to mimic what other people are doing. I need to start where my motivations lie. And I can't tell you the people that have just, um, it's just unlocked a whole new world to them because they had permission to pursue that thing that they were the most motivated to do. All right. And we're talking about Your Message Matters here with my friend Jonathan Milligan. We're going to tell you how you can get a copy of that in just a minute here. But Jonathan, for somebody to make any kind of an impact, they need to be able to share their message. Now, some of my listeners may cringe if we start to talk about sales and marketing, and yet we all need to do that. I mean, whether we're showing up at a job each day or if we're providing services as a doctor or an accountant or building your own business, we all are selling Tell us a couple effective ways to connect with an audience who cares about our message if we don't consider ourselves to be that entrepreneur or salesperson. So this is a big one for a lot of people. It's like, I I don't want to promote myself. And I I hear this a lot and I get it. Um, And the thing that I often say is there's really two ways to promote. Number one, promote yourself. Or number two, promote good content. Now, this can actually work in all kinds of of industries and niches. You mentioned doctors and dentists, and I have a chiropractor I go to who's tapped into this by providing videos and blog posts that give answers and and the PDF that people can get to build his list, and it's been a great nurturer for him. But um, at the end of the day, it's much easier to promote content. Like we're doing here today, we're doing a podcast. I do podcast as a great way to bring people into my world. And it's much easier to share, you know, here's a a podcast topic or here's a blog post I wrote on how to launch a membership site in 90 days instead of me saying, hey, come get my coaching. Hey, um, you know, grab a coaching spot with me. And so I'm always a big fan of the content side, because I just believe it provides value and it feels less promotional. So you're bringing people into your world by giving value first. Oh my, that's such a powerful principle. We could stop and park there all day, but you can, and you, what you did there was you also uncovered a way for people who may not be real extroverted. They may not be that upfront on the stage, pushy, opinionated, high pressure salesperson at all. 
but they have content that they can share readily. And what you described, blogging, podcasting, writing, those are all things you can do without having the pressure of being upfront somewhere. You're just providing content. And in essence, what we end up doing is pulling people instead of pushing something on them. Pull people in. That's a great analogy. Wow. Well, we were both fortunate to be in that space. I want to move into a little bit um, just your personal journey to get here. I mean, I, I want to talk about the importance, you describe this in your book, of the importance of surrounding yourself with people who believe in you. We talk about that a lot in our 40 Days community, that you have to be around people who are going to cheer you on. It's really tough if everybody is saying you can't do that. You talk in your book about your wife, Charity, supporting you. Even in this process of writing the book, she was your main cheerleader. Talk about the importance of that and how this may have never occurred had you not had even charity in your life. It is so important that you surround yourself with uh, what I call in the book message carriers, people who are there, there in your court. And for me, that was my wife. And I know for some people, their spouses, it's, you know, that's not necessarily true. They're wondering, what are you up to? Why are you doing this? But she was always a tremendous encourager and support for me. And, uh, you know, part of that is she comes from an entrepreneurial family. Um, Her brother owns a business. Her brother-in-law owns a business. Her dad owns a business and is a real estate investor. So, you know, maybe my crazy entrepreneurial ideas weren't as crazy to her because she was around it. But at the same time, I mean, it's huge. I talk about in the book, Walt Disney's story. And how, you know, he struggled for years to get his cartoons out there in theaters. And he often had artists who were working for free for him. His brother Roy was often working for free for him for years because they just believed in the dream. And they were there because they uh, wanted to be a part of something big. And so it is so important. You've got to surround yourself Um, success happens in community. I thoroughly believe that. And if you're not in a mastermind, if you're not a part of a a membership community, then what happens is you, you, you put a cap, you put a lid on your potential. It's not until you start rubbing shoulders with other people that they begin to lift the lid on your potential. And you begin to think I can do this too. That is so very important. You mentioned in their mastermind group, you know, the old classic book, Think and Grow Rich, in that Napoleon Hill said he never interviewed an extraordinarily successful person who is not part of a mastermind. Mm-hmm. Really brings home the power of that. Now, so if somebody is not fortunate enough, like you and I, to have supportive wives and family around us, and there are a lot of people like that, then let's talk a little bit about this where they need to take the initiative. It's not that they're cut off from success. They need to take the initiative though in reaching out and connecting with people, whether it's joining a community or mastermind. Talk about somebody having the confidence to do that, even if they don't have people in their immediate circle that are encouraging them. It is so important. And you know, the good news today is we have access online to these kind of communities. We have access. You know, when I, when I first started blogging, I, I attend a church that's we got about 2,500 people that go to the church and I knew nobody who understood blogging. Nobody understood podcasting. Of course, this was back 2009, 2010. 
And I felt very alone. I felt isolated. My wife was very supportive, but even she's like, I don't understand what you're doing. I don't get it, but I'm for you. I think you can do it. And I had to figure out like, how am I going to find the people? And what I found was you just got to reach out and look for people, go find that mentor. And the way that I like to find a mentor is not only have they done what I want to do, but they have to have the values that I want to have. That is so important. Seek out mentors that don't just have the success that you desire, but they also have the life or the value system that you want to have. And uh, the good news is, even if you have to pay for it, it's 100% worth it because you will go further faster if you're plugged into a community, a mastermind, or a membership. Oh my, I so, so agree with you on that. I encourage people to do exactly that. Now you have a roadmap that you provide for starting your own business, if that's the direction somebody wants to go in your book. This book shares a lot about your own experience in finding your message. Now you, you know, grew up, went to college, you were a teacher, respectable occupation, you were doing that. When did you realize that you were not really living out your message so much so that it initiated this change from what is obviously a respectable position. My third year teaching. <laughs> so my third year teaching high school and I just had this unsettled desire. And honestly, Dan, at times I felt guilty for it because I'm like, why can I just, I mean, I've got a good relationship with the kids. I feel like I, I teach well. I, um, it's a respectable position. Both my parents were teachers. I married an elementary teacher. Why am I so unhappy? Why can't I just suck it up and make this thing the thing that I want to do? Yeah. But in me, there was some unsettled desire that I had, I had to step forward. I didn't even know what it was at the time, but I knew that there was this, um, there was this thing that I needed to pursue and I had to go on a journey. And sometimes it's a lot easier to see how it connects looking backward than it is forward. But I had to start taking steps and I tried a bunch of things and you know what? That's okay. I, I flipped a house for real estate investing. I started businesses that didn't necessarily work. Um, I joined into a startup executive search firm that ended up staying for seven years on a hundred percent commission, which was great because it was being an entrepreneur inside of an organization. And it wasn't until I started uh, blogging, creating, podcasting, teaching again, but in a new and different way through online courses, membership sites, uh, masterminds that I found the thing that um, I feel like I was meant to do. And don't be afraid to go on the journey and don't feel guilty about if you're somewhere right now where you feel like this isn't ultimately where I need to be. Don't feel guilty about that. Just be willing to go on a journey. And it was during those times, Dan, where I came into your work, came across 48 days to the work you love. It helped me get out of my procrastination. Not only that, but I got the download of an awesome book that you introduced to me, Acres of Diamonds, which 
that was critical because I told you at the time I was looking for my purpose out there in a thing. And the whole story of acres of diamonds is, you know what? Your purpose is right under your nose all along. You're, you're right where you need to be. And so those were the, the pieces of my journey that helped me to ultimately get to where I am today. But it was a process, but that's how it started. You know, that's interesting and I hope encouraging, but also it could be terrifying in the way that you described that because you didn't leave teaching because you had a clear plan for what you're going to move into that was going to be profitable from day one. You went on a journey and that journey took place over multiple years, as you described. That can be really intimidating to people, but you were young and we want to encourage them as you are to be willing to walk into that journey, if it is an exploratory journey, to get you to know yourself better. I tell people oftentimes the things you do in your 20s and 30s, the most value that they have often is just help you understand what it is you don't want to do. It helps clarifying in that process. Well, it's a delight to hear you talk about coming through that process to figuring this all out and ending up with this Awesome book, Your Message Matters. I did an endorsement for it. We've talked about that. A lot of other people have as well. Michael Hyatt and others uh, stamped their approval on this. So we encourage people to jump in and get this to help them clarify their own message. And you've got a place where they can go. You, they go to yourmessagemattersbook.com. And I'll put that link in the show notes, of course. They can go there and tell them what they're going to find when they go there, Jonathan. Yeah. So I want to get this message out there. I want to be an encouragement to people. And and the thing that I dislike about books is when the book just teases you to buy the thing that they ultimately have. And I want to put everything in there. So like you said, the 32 question assessments in there, the 12 income streams that you can make from your message are in there. Uh, A lot of my tools that I used to only give to my paid mastermind are all in the book. And so I bought several thousand copies of the book from the publisher. And um, if you live in the U.S., you can get a free copy. So you just need to go to yourmessagemattersbook.com and uh, we'll send you a copy of the book. That's awesome. You got a little shipping charge in there to cover that part of it. But other than that, get a free book. So it's not $32.95, it's $7.95 to get a copy of the book. Wow. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, Jonathan, thanks for spending this time with us. And I wish you well. I've known you for a long time through part of the journey that you're talking about. So it's always gratifying to me to see somebody young who's coming up and establishing the clarity of their own voice and then establishing a successful path as you certainly have. And I commend you on that. So thanks for spending this time with us and sharing the message of your message matters. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Dan. Appreciate it. So you get to decide, do you have a message that you need to get out there? Again, I I think everybody has a unique life. I think everybody has a unique gift, but I don't think we necessarily have to uh, put it in a form that's going to be shared with the world. It may be, your message may be being faithful and teaching a Sunday school class, maybe as part of a, a company team where you do good work. Maybe working at building a school in Haiti. You know, a lot of things that can be done where a life is well spent, well invested, but you get to decide. And if you have a message that you want to get out there, this book can certainly help you do that in a larger way. Again, if you go to yourmessagemattersbook.com, you'll see the the link there, the information, the bonuses that you're going to be able to get with that, just with a $7.95 shipping charge. I certainly recommend that. This is one of those, you know, I mean, I don't, 
recommend lots and lots of books, but this is one I think that is worthwhile to get, add to your library, digest it, figure out how are you going to share your life message. Live a life that matters. Let your life speak. I love that. That's actually a chapter title in No More Dreaded Mondays. Let your life speak. In my own book, I use that as an example for ways that we can share our life message. So thanks for being serious about what it is that you do, not just on Sundays, but what you do Monday through Friday as well, and on Saturday, but the way that we share our life's work. I know you're being an honorable steward of that, the unique gifts that God has given you. Thanks for being a part of our growing community where we know without a shadow of a doubt, we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.